Welcome to the Brother, Brother, Brother podcast. We are back to our March Madness bracket challenge, trying to find the shittiest song of all time, the worst song ever. And um, we're down to our Elite Eight, and when I say elite, I mean it. This is an elite level of suckage that, uh, oh my God, when I read the matchups, it just brings a tear to my eye. Um, and not a, just a tear of pain, no joy at all. But basically, we're doing this so you don't have to. So um, let me just tell you the matchups today. Uh, we've got first up, Tears in Heaven versus One Week. I mean, this is a this is a heavyweight match. This could be the finals. Yeah, definitely. Uh, any other brackets these guys were lined up in, definitely you could see this as the, uh, the heavyweight matchup. This Eric is the Commonwealth Hopkins. region. Oh, do his clumsy son yeah. and uh, bare naked ladies. <laughs> Canadian white oh, rap. <laughs> it's, it's so bad. I've heard it. I've had to, I mean, truly, um, you know, the, the pain involved in the research, um, you know, we commented on uh, the last episode, but it really... This has plagued me. I mean, ever since I've put together or we put together this playlist, um, I've had this shit going through my head pretty much nonstop. Oh, yeah. No, definitely. It's, it's fueled a lot of rage. One week is, uh, is you know, one of those ones that um, it makes snow from also from Canada actually sound Rastafarian. So it's bad. <laughs> I, I, I have to say, I... Uh, I went back and was doing some research to uh, put some content on our app and found a an a, a acoustic uh, session of two main guys in the Bare Naked Ladies performing this song. Oh, the fat guy and the other like fat said, guy? Acoustic Why? in a toilet. Why did you find this? <laughs> in a toilet. <laughs> and <laughs> where it belonged. Where? And, uh, where God made them. <laughs> 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 and it, it it I think it was worse than the single. They they literally they were riffing on the the rapping part of the song. Yeah. So the first guy starts off with like chickity check the Chinese chicken Ooh. and the other guy's like Chinese chicken, Chinese chicken <laughs> freestyle. <laughs> oh yeah, it, it rap soulful. battle. Yeah, so um that that filled me with some extra rage. Um but Christian, you you know all the words of this song. Please do tell. How did that happen? Uh, well, I could specifically blame certain people um, in my I think fourth grade class for uh, for for mm. singing this thing nonstop. And it really you know it was, it was pre pre smartphone or, or even um, I, like we didn't have discmans uh, in, in elementary school when we were I mean at least not in class. So it really was um, it was all a cappella, uh, which oh. um, actually. <laughs> Yeah, no. I, Fourth grade acapella version of One Week sounds like I something you should have recorded. Spent a week in detention for punching this kid um, <laughs> because he because he sang this song, um, which is uh, which is a true story. Um, it was the only time I ever got in trouble in, in pretty much uh, pretty much twelve years of smooth sailing. So, um, any any desire to give a shout out to that particular person? Uh, I don't think he would appreciate that, but I assume he's in jail by now. <laughs> All right, probably still singing the song. We're singing one week in the wrong neighborhood. <laughs> so anyway, we've got a uh, slow hand who, uh, like I said before, uh, is 
turned out to be a really crappy individual as well as a crappy uh, songwriter. <laughs> and uh, the Bare Naked Ladies, the I would say the flag bearer for Canada, but Canada's got a lot of uh, participants here. So do you want to take it to a vote? I'm, I'm down. Actually, Jer, why don't you vote first? Yeah, this one isn't all that hard. I think it would have been if uh, Slow Hand had gone up against somebody else. But um, my uh, my hatred of the bare naked ladies and having just had to be up north for business is going to uh, put um, bare, them one week. Sorry, right over the top. They're they're going to uh, they're doing it. They're, they, I think it's actually a blowout for me. Their first Double final fourteen. Yep. Oh yeah. And Christian, I'm gonna I'm going to. Assume I know where you're going, but I'll let you uh, confirm that. Do the honors, so to speak. Um, yeah, no, mm-hmm. it's it's going to be one week, and God, it feels good. I, as much as I hate Tears in Heaven, the Canadian yeah, uh, Rapathon. <laughs> yeah, so that takes us to our second matchup, which is Walking in Memphis by Mark Cohn versus The Reason by Hoobastank. Mm, Gerald, let you take this one. Actually, one of one of you guys jump in because Hoobastank was not my era. I was sort of—I mean, it was my era technically, but I was not listening to. Uh, to that type of music, but I hate this song. So much like, you know, Christian getting introduced to Steamroller by James Taylor or some other songs that, that um, you know, he hadn't heard in the past. Hoobastank was one that I didn't recognize. I recognized the god-awful name of the band, but did not recognize the song, and I listened to it, and it definitely made my list right away as well. So go for it. Yeah, I mean, I think it's... Imp- like, this was, this was a time in music um, when... We were sort of at peak, uh, overly wrought emotional confessions, um, sort of relationship testimonial uh, to bullshit garbage. Guitar. Yeah, um, I mean it was like, it, and and partly this was sort of the the resurgence of emo, um, and I I think that this is sort of written, you know. The, the reason it was written um, was really to take advantage of, of the sort of like total paucity of like imagination and originality in the marketplace at, at that time. It was just like what what is the most you know dried up um, sort of lame effort uh, attempt to 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 write a, a version of of that song, um, and you know I, I think the 
instrumental is just so incredibly bland. Um, but but at the same time, uh, you know, a sort of uh, uh, this like overcharged um, and and aimless uh, like you know rocking out, bro. Um, so I I think you know. I, I I worry mostly that this this song gets uh, that it gets extra demerits because of the incredibly stupid name of the band name, um, and and like, you know, is is this really is this really like a, a head you know explodingly bad song? I, I think yes, absolutely, um, but uh, but it's got some seriously tough competition here. Yeah, walking in Memphis is. Like, I was just looking at the reason. I'm like, does the reason measure up on a historical level to how annoying and stupid walking in Memphis is? Also, how popular walking in Memphis right. is. I mean, you still hear this song all the time. What, and can, and tell me about people the radio are like, play. oh, I don't mind that song. Yeah, walking in I, Memphis... Sorry, go ahead. No, I'm sorry. I, I just... I, I had a question sort of generally about, like, the, the popularity. It's something that, like... I've only ever heard... It's in every uh, parent's CD collection. Sorry, Jeremy. Um, but uh, I, I just don't understand... what. Like, was it on the radio? And if so, what station would play this? Because it sort of seems like the opposite of some of the things we were talking about um, in the last couple of rounds, whereby, like, the, you know, generic... Like, the sort of... You know, like Train, for instance, is like going to be on your mix station, your rock station, your pop station, um, and and partly that's just a function of the fact that that uh, you know it, it's music without any character. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I think in this case, it's like I don't remember hearing it anywhere. Uh, it was it, it was definitely on the radio. I don't remember okay. video was, and things. I like believe that, it. But it was, oh, I do. Okay. I, I, I very much I bet, I, the I, bet video. I know exactly what it fucking looks like, though. Yeah, oh, totally. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> directed I'm directing it in my mind right now, and yeah. it's awful. <laughs> but there was this. There was Wait a moment, years. right post post. You know, uh, while we're actually doing this on, on the you know the week of the 25th anniversary of Kurt Cobain's suicide. Um, you know, there was this sort of uh, I don't know the sort of Indecision, this like moment right after um, the end of Nirvana, and you know every all the fake post grunge, like um, you know Vetter Voicers, were on the radio, and there you know there's a sort of you know pivot on more con- you know like I, I'm gonna say conservative, not meaning conservative in any other way like except you know sort of baby boomer adult temper, yeah uh, boomer classic yeah. rock. Yeah. Um, whatever the uh, continuation of, of classic, you know, whoever was playing Tears in Heaven, but it was around the time Tears in Heaven was huge. Um, you know, you had like songs like Alana Miles's Black Velvet, and really, what was, you know, what was coming out of that? Uh, you got like the the crappy Blind Melon song, and Hootie and the Blowfish. Um, these are all around the same time, ninety three, ninety four, ninety five. And it was, um, you know, I think it was, it was a lot like I always talk about um, the post-disco, uh, post-punk uh, early 80s when there was like the, this mad scramble to reclaim a, a, a knowable identity on the radio. And there was a couple of years when it was they were kind of fishing for it. And this song, you know, fell into that uh, murky puddle. <laughs> And um, you know it was it was an unlikely hit, but it was undeniably a 
massive, massive hit. Yeah, and you're right though. I, the first time I ever heard it actually was in a parent's car. Not, it's not in my CD tree. It is, just so you know. But, um, <laughs> but like, uh, you know, and it was like I just remember being like, this song fucking sucks. Like, why? Yeah. Why would anybody like this? And uh, and it just sounded like that weird out of time, out of place, but in a really bad way too. You know, it was such. It was. It's like, um, I guess, like, whatever, like vanilla ice cream or, you know, like, or just such wallpaper of sound and, and production and lyrics and everything. But it's so made for that, um, you know, whatever, at the time, probably, you know, 40-ish year old, 50-ish year old Did, guy who, who listened to Dylan or something back in, in the day, you know. Yeah. Where's he from? Like let's let's Mark let's, Cone. Yeah, let's dig out. I'm guessing Long Island. I, I know nothing about him. Um, let's look real quick. I would, while you guys are. Yeah, I, I would say long, I would, my my smart money is on Long Island, but you know you you guys are. Uh, I think it's M A R C. It is C H O C O H N. Yeah, I mean, I I think he, well, my question though was like, is he part of the. Was he part of the industry and living in in um, Los Angeles? I think Tennessee. I think he was a songwriter. I assume he was a um, songwriter. Uh, that was nineteen ninety one. I thought it was from Ohio. All right. Yeah, so was Train. <laughs> I mean, I train, train being from San Francisco, but the guys are from Ohio. Yeah, and then this guy made his way out to UCLA. So I think I think okay. my guess is New York. I mean, I think he's he, a professional he, songwriter. He's a total um, show tune guy, like Broadway guy, and then. He's like a backing musician on a bunch of stuff. Like that—that's what he reminds me of. It's, it's kind of like the uh, our other friend who we'll be talking about soon, Lullaby. Just somebody who was probably like a sessions guy who was writing songs or something. Yeah, I think he probably wrote like album tracks for David Crosby solo records. Yeah, or played bass on you know Tracy Chapman <laughs> yeah. records or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I think that's kind of you know I think he's I, he's definitely like an industry guy. Yeah, and now we need to so see anyway, if he can... Uh, it will, well, and so he's, it's, it's writing, I mean, it's music about music, which, you know, has a, yeah. has a very... Dubious place in your heart? Yeah, it, it can... Look, there are great songs about the industry. Um, it's, yeah, Waylon Jennings. Right. It, they, yeah. they typically aren't hiographies, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, they're, they're, they're typically songs. giant fuck yous to the industry. Um, songs about Elvis, Jesus, and rock and roll so you, are generally you know, like, it, it's, yeah. it's funny though because like, okay, there there are a lot of songs about Jesus that like it. it the the question is like, what level of earnestness are you are you approaching these topics with? Um, and uh, it, it, I think you know. For that matter, like, how, how I, so I, I struggle with that because I think that the songs about Jesus is, like, a topic, I, I, look, there are a lot of good ones, and I'm struggling. Songs that invoke I'm, Jesus, I invoke guess. Invoke is, yeah, it's very different. So songs about, like, your own, you know, existential struggle, or um, songs about, like, rehab, <laughs> that like, a, you know, um, or songs about the Velvet Underground, um, or, uh, you know, I think that there's there's a way to do that well and that doesn't like like completely sacrifice coolness um it's hard though and uh it's when you it's when you sort of invoke yeah i think the the, the can, spirituality of it all and like then it gets pretty 
then it gets pretty it's rough. Like it's like singing about I, the 50s or better time. I, or, I mean, yeah, I want the song about, like, the descent into chaos rather than the one about, like, um, rehabilitation, healing, and, uh, you know, salvation. Yeah, I, I, I just have to read this. Um, uh, briefly, I have to read uh, a line from the Mark Cohn Wikipedia page, <laughs> which is, Cohn's original tunes have been recorded by many popular singers, including Susan Anton and John Tesh. <laughs> John Tesh, by the way, was a former Entertainment Tonight um, uh, co-host who left to pursue his Musical new age career. music career. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Um, I do Cone remember this, bit. too. Yeah, I do remember Mike, Mark Cohn getting shot and nearly killed. Or about to get Got, got carjacked. Apparently, <laughs> he was playing, walking he in Memphis in his car. He his windows down and was playing, walking in <laughs> All right, let's vote. Right. <laughs> let's get the hell out of this subject <laughs> before somebody says something terrible. Okay. All right. Uh, when you first. Uh, Mark Cohn's walking <laughs> But I have to say, not, not an easy choice. Christian. Yeah, I mean, I'm. I was just mulling whether whether the fact that he got shot in his car made me any more sympathetic, and or, or how that was staged. <laughs> it, it doesn't. It doesn't soften my my cold black heart one bit. So, <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be Cone. Yeah, and as much as I hate the uh, industry designed Hoobastank, um, yeah, another sweep, Cone. Sets up a final four matchup of one week in walking in Memphis. That's like the whitest, lamest matchup ever. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh, it's funny you should say that because next up is uh, the whitest, blandest matchup ever. Um, it is uh, the battle of the septuagenarian pussies. Um, Jimmy Buffett's Cheeseburger in Paradise versus James Taylor's Steam Rota. <laughs> He is a, uh, to quote James Taylor, or actually paraphrase because I can't quote um, James Taylor, but to paraphrase James Taylor uh, from this, he is a, he has a steaming trunk uh, full of funk. Yes. And he's coming for you. That's how I felt this morning myself. He does, he (laughs) does have a steaming gift for you. 
Uh, <laughs> it's track four. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> there's sweet baby. There's really no question. I mean, I don't, all right. Where do you guys want to start? Let's get going on this because I got I got plenty to say. Well, you got Buffett, <laughs> and you know I don't. Again, I don't want people to to single out Cheeseburger in Paradise for its abject awfulness because it has an entire family. Of uh, of turds that um, you know, that he plays on a nightly basis. He plays. The, I'm sure he plays the same set every night. It's like but the it, first I mean, we're talking the shit bottle, yeah. basically. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, it, it's it's not an outlier. It's not like his, it's not like his career evolved to this point the way that perhaps the Red Hot Chili Peppers did. It's like the guy has 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 like built an entire career out of playing. Like two note adult nursery rhymes, um, and do and duping a suspecting public. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Suspecting public that like adoringly knows huh? they could also do his job, um, and which is just like I'm all for breaking down the fourth wall, um, but like not just because of the like gross incompetence of the person on stage, and you know I literally I don't like. I don't think it's a credit to an artist that anybody drunkenly singing karaoke sounds indistinguishable from the original. <laughs> yeah. I was just realizing that Jimmy Buffett is Florida man of music. Yes. Well, so, and, and this is the other thing. It's like, not only does his music fucking suck, he propagates homelessness. He propagates Florida. <laughs> he, he's, he's, the, he's the cultural ambassador, I'm sure. Yeah. If I they mean, have one. I watched Casino Royale the other day. Um, none of the, neither of these men have a single thing in common with James Bond, but I feel like that poker scene where they've got the giant like card things that are worth like five million each. I feel like Jimmy Buffett and James Taylor are both pushing their entire catalogs into the middle of the table <laughs> right now. And being like, okay, bitches, which one is it? which one of us moved forward? Who blinks? <laughs> I mean, because James Taylor, every like, whenever I see your smiling face, yeah. uh, handyman. No, I mean, um, look, used to there's used no, to be her town too. Uh, there's so many crimes against. There's a lot rock. of those soft rock, uh, you know, '70s, late '60s, baby boomer, you know, icons that I can actually find a song or two that I'm like, eh, you know, it's pretty good, or I've just heard it enough that it's like warm. I love me. some of it. But James yeah. Taylor is just I can't. It's like he's one of the and Buffett for that matter. Like they both, you they you really really can I cannot find anything like even the, you know. I mean, as much as I, I, Billy Joel was in my pantheon of hate, there's Billy Joel songs I would rather listen to these two guys. Um, they're just painful. I mean, I, I remember being in, like, middle school and somebody throwing on Cheeseburger in Paradise and literally being like, I cannot hang out with that kid ever again. It's just yeah. the dumbest song ever and, and, and a pile of dumb. But the James Taylor one, though, is, I, I don't know, you know, it can... I can see the merits for him taking a, a strong, uh, you know, strong case for him here. Where anytime you try and do the blues, but somehow filter them through, like, wow, like I mean, everybody tries to do this from Eric Clapton to you know all the all the whiteies of the day. But Jesus, man, like 
talk about no soul or no, <laughs> there's like just, it was like, yeah, no nothing. I mean, it literally is like a pair of Nantucket, Nantucket, you know, uh, red, pink, you know, shorts trying to sing the blues. It's so painful. Yeah, it, it's the it, most like lily white attempt at like a you know it, deep and rich like black musical tradition. Um, yeah, and then you know on and then saying so like that's that's the part that's that's so rough. I think um, I, you know, he, the idea of like an artist who understands like self deprecation um, and sort of subtlety and like. I don't know if politeness is the right or like, I mean, sweetness probably is the right word um, that, that is, you know, so frequently applied. Like, on principle, those things shouldn't bother me or wouldn't bother me. So I'm not sure exactly how to explain that, like, when they intersect in James Taylor, it makes me angry and, and, I, and I hate his music. And I think it really is ultimately... Um, like about the songs in a lot of respect, and like of course that that then, like, you know, blows back on all those other qualities, and it's very easy for me to think, oh god, this guy's such a pussy. But like, um, it, it really is. It starts with the suckiness of the songs. Yeah, the mm. the songs are bad, and I think like somebody like Jackson Brown, I can group into the same Absolutely. hatred pool, except Tom for Rush a little bit. Yeah, except for you know what, those songs are not as bad as James Taylor's songs. No, they're. <laughs> And I, I, I think I think to 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 sum this up, I've got a pull from Lester Bangs, um, uh, a quote um, from uh, uh, from the great or the late great music critic, um, which is, "I will drop everything and hop on the first Greyhound to Carolina for the single satisfaction of breaking off a bottle of Ripple and twisting it into James Taylor's guts until he expires <laughs> in a spasm, in a spasm of adenoidal poesy." <laughs> That's a beautiful sentiment. It, this is the battle of two guys for whom I would. Like, this is the closest I'll ever come to getting in an accident. If either one of these guys comes on the radio, I'll just be like, Whoa! and like die. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. I, I mean, this is. I'm. I'm torn. I'm torn. This is. This is a. Like somebody, somebody's going home and getting off the hook today. <laughs> And yeah, I just ah, oh, this one, this one that feels like a, a broken bottle of ripple to the guts. Yeah, somebody's taking off their Tommy Bahama shirt and wringing <laughs> out the sweat after this one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Christian, I'm going to make you go first because yeah, yeah. you have the, youth, the least invested. <laughs> Am I? <laughs> um, all right. Uh. uh I think that there's a possibility that James Taylor as a human being has some minor redemptive qualities. I'm going to have to go with Jimmy Buffett. Jer? Ah, it's tough. You sure you want me to go next? No, I'll let you. I'll, I'll put you on the on the hook for the deciding. Line. I'm I'm gonna go with the with the with the uh, invention, the the true inventor and innovator of the blues. Um, <laughs> James. Did, Taylor. Uh, did he sell uh, his God. soul to the devil at the crossroads? Was that? Um, he he sold his soul to like he sold his <laughs> you know, to like hostess. <laughs> he didn't sell his fucking soul for like 
a you know set of or like a steel drums band. Sold in like a Chardonnay <laughs> winery. Yeah, yeah totally. Seriously, you I want you to focus wine. on the scourge of homelessness as a result of Jimmy Buffett. That like this is an acceptable well, lifestyle here, I, that we should I, I, emulate. I, actually, <laughs> I have my I have my choice in my head, so it's not as hard as, as you might think for me. And um, I mean, although I hate both of these, my my sole reason for going where I'm going on this shot is that I know which song I'm going to hear again more and more and uh, and more. Artist, yeah, uh, <laughs> permeates my life. Um, even if I don't want them to, uh, anytime I walk into a beach bar or a, um, you know, just a, a cheese ball bar in general, or, you know, I don't know, just, it seems to permeate my life no matter what I do. And so I'm going to, uh, go with the, yes, the, uh, like herpes, wear, you know, it, exactly. It just, you like yours with lettuce and tomato. <laughs> I do. And so let's go Buffett on to the next. And that was tough. Steamroller that is, such that's a brutal. Bad song. And when I'm, when I want to, I want to especially thank song. you. It's tough. Yeah, I, Wyndham, I want to thank you for introducing me to that song. Um, I will never, so cover ever it. forgive you. <laughs> so you can learn all the lyrics. I'm a rolling bowl and soup bowl of poo. <laughs> anyway, um, oh, you want to take a quick break? I need to recover. Yeah. While I'm a steamroller, babe, I'm bound to roll all over you. Yes, I'm a steamroller now, babe. I'm bound to roll all over you. I'm gonna inject your soul with some sweet rock and roll and shoot you full of rhythm and blues. Well, I'm a cement mixer. Churning earn a burning funk Yes, I'm a cement mixer for you, babe A churning earn a burning funk mm-hmm. Well, I'm a demolition derby, yeah A hefty hunk of steaming junk all right welcome back to brother 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 we are uh in the final or winning the great eight here with the uh, shittiest songs ever and uh windham's taking some oxygen after that uh close call with jimmy buffett and um james taylor so lastly, we have who we have here. It's the um, your number one seed. Yeah, so we have my buddy Sean Mullins with uh, the Speak Sing <laughs> hit of the '90s, Lullaby, early 2000s, whatever the hell that piece of shit came out. Um, and then we have um, sorry, the eardrum shattering. Oh right, anyway, Wyndham's favorite. Trailer. Yeah, blues and Christian's favorite. Um, jam band blues traveler with but anyway so uh if if james taylor invented the blues blues traveler obviously perfected it yeah i mean blues traveler <laughs> took it to the next level um, well, they plug it yeah. in baby <laughs> there's nothing like uh, prep school kids from uh, new jersey perfecting the blues 
Yeah, you you were there when Blues Traveler went electric, weren't you, Jim? I was, yeah. <laughs> it was really dramatic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, 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 was, I was prime age for the, the rebirth of, of jam bands. Spin Doctors, Blues Traveler, Wetlands in New York Club, Nightclub. Oh. And, um, and yeah, like I said last time, I, I had my, one of my first outer body experiences, not because of the music, but because of the chemicals to Blues Traveler. And... Uh, They've haunted me ever since. I think since. that was just your soul trying to escape. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, I'm never going to do that again. That was awful. Um, but yeah, they're, uh, they're, I mean, they were just in that mix of crap, um, you know, and, you know, Blues Traveler, first of all, super original name. I mean, like, so on the nose. And then the, uh, you know, speaking of cheeseburgers in paradise, you know, John Popper, who, you know, I think has 10 for breakfast and, and uh, 10 for lunch every day just a hot front man with a, uh, you know, eight pack of harmonica strapped to his chest. Like, what do you need that many harmonicas for, first of all? <laughs> Is it really like, like, I understand different guitar tunings and things, but like, and I don't know a lot about the harmonica, so if either of you do, let me know. But my understanding is a harmonica is a harmonica. <laughs> like, does he rip one out for each, like, each track? Does he have, like, alternate yeah, tuning? Yeah, tuned in, uh, you know, D. <laughs> Because <laughs> they all sound the fucking same when he plays them, and uh, and like complete garbage. But yeah, it was a bad time. I mean, Big Head Todd and the Monsters, Dave Matthews Band was getting you know their steam at this time in my life, and um, and there was Blues Traveler. Spin Doctors, yeah, Spin Doctors. It was it was like a return to like Hootie, Birkenstocks, and and uh, you know beaded hair. Um, it was bad. Fish. Yep. Yeah, yeah, the horror tour. But I mean, you could see them all in one place at that time. They, you could see them at the horror tour, and, uh, and which was, which by the way, I believe was started by one John Popper. You're right. I think it was his, his brainchild. You know, screw Lollapalooza. Yeah. And it stood horror. for something, and I can't remember what it was. It was H period, O period, R period, D period, E period, and it was like it was. I, in fact, I'm going to look it up. Sorry. Yeah, uh, that's fine. Talk and, Christian, if you want to jump on. Uh, um, Sean Mullins, or I can continue. Go for it. Well, tell us why you hate it. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, thank you for asking. Uh, I, I, I think there's. So Sean Mullins is a is a funny one to me, um, and I think it's important that the kids now hate it too, uh, even though it's not actually you know getting the same kind of radio play that it that it used to. Um, there's a sort of creepy paternalism about this <laughs> that, uh, like, is so gross and heavy-handed. Um, it's like, you know, he, he, so the song starts um, with the line, right, that, what was it, she, she grew up with the children of the stars and the, <sighs> the Hollywood Hills and the boulevard. Yes, yes. yes. Is that ring any bells? <laughs> is that is that bringing oh, back traumatic yeah. memories? Well, you just um, slow it down a little bit and whisper it into my ear if you don't yeah, mind. She grew up with the children of stars. <laughs> yeah. So this so this is the thing. It's like he you know, it, it's a song about having, like he's he's you know there's this there's this girl and like it's not a, it's not a song where he's um, seducing her. I don't no. think it's not a song where he's um, persuading her that. He's the guy, you know. Um, she should yeah, she should spend her life porn. with or, or time with. No, that might um, be actually what he's doing. With. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's convincing her that he's in the trunk of her car, 
Um, yeah. and, and like the second she, you know, like the second, you know, it's, it's late and, and she comes back to the grocery store parking lot. Um, like it's over. Um, yeah. And, uh, but like in addition yeah, it, to having the, the, the sort of like predatorial instincts of, of some of the finest serial killers that, um, California's ever it's seen. Mul- I, I, it's Mullen-esque. It's, it's, yeah. It's, is the fact... It's downright Mullen-esque in his approach. It's just the fact that there's this, like, fucking awful, like, epicene, like, thinness to his voice. Um, that I, I just don't even know how Why to describe it. Why he speaks for it's so, 75% of the song. It is, it is the prissiest sounding thing, like, I've ever heard. <laughs> a, I haven't heard that word in so long. It's so good. Yeah, and it's, it's just, that, to me, it's just like... It's just and like <laughs> just shut the fuck up. Like, I can't like no one wants to talk to you. Not girls, not boys. No one wants to talk to you. He's a combo too because he's not an attractive guy, but has the rock look. You know, where it's like and you know, the leather Adams. jacket. Yeah, exactly. And the, and the you know sort of hair that's been bleached and long. And then yeah, I mean it really does. It's a great description, Christian. Thank you because it's sort of like you know he's had somebody. T- taped up for seven days and then, you know, singing them, everything's going to be all right before he finally strangles them. And it's, uh, it's, it's, you know, a song that like, I, I think it kind of falls into that zone you were saying when, where there's like that dead zone in between genres that have kind of taken yeah. over the radio. And then there's this kind of weird randomness, um, you know, sort of like yeah, a breakfast sort of at pre- Tiffany's or, or this song. Pre-moistened towelette kind of <laughs> yeah. period of radio. <laughs> And, you know, it's one of those, yeah, like, very much, like, bland, you know, um, sorority girl, like, radio in the, in the early 2000s or something it, it, in the South. It's just... Um, yeah, there was, it's funny, too. The, the, let's not let off, you know, let the ladies off the hook. Um, there was a really, there was a, a, Paula a Cole. strong, <laughs> strong vein of bad women's songs through the middle of this. Um, someone... Uh, someone when I when I posed the question, what's the shittiest song of all time? Somebody said, uh, "Sunny came home." Yes, and without I, a doubt, and, and I think it's a very and, similar uh, song. It's actually the female version to me of Lullaby. Yeah, and like, uh, where have all the cowboys gone? Yeah, is that Paula Cole? Um, I know one of them. That was Paula Cole. Yeah, yeah there was. Uh, yeah, I think Sean Mullins actually would have bitch, fit I'm in really well on the Lilith tour. <laughs> uh, I'm a bitch. And your mother I think he would have been fine. Nobody would oh, have Meredith oh, Brooks. Sean Mullins would have loved to be on the Lilith tour. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, but in fact, in fact, of, there's a good chance yeah. that he was, um, and he was uh, he was pretending to be a roadie, um, <laughs> because and and to all the ladies out there, Sean Mullins would like you to know that that um, you know if you find his particular brand of fake self deprecating. Uh, this... Intimacy appealing, then um, the more the more anxious you are, the better. <laughs> yeah, there was a, there was a kind of and I, I shouldn't you know I I, uh, I probably I'll probably get in trouble for this, but there was a kind of guy when I was in college that I would always describe as a kind of guy who goes to a take back the night uh, march to pick up chicks, oh, yeah. and <laughs> it's. <laughs> You know, they usually had like longish hair and that they could guitar. flip, yeah. and yeah, and it was just this gross creeper. James that's, Taylor that's and, and uh, you know, uh, we were talking about the Sean before Mullins. Jackson Brown, yeah, and Sean Mullins. I mean, those, that's the guy, the sensitive yeah, guy like, who uh, you know would be in the Me Too, would be called out by Me Too today. I, I could be wrong about this, like but Sean. like Jackson Brown seems vaguely like a rock star, but that might just be time and distance. 
he was handsome. Yeah, yeah. he's a good-looking guy, least. but he also like beat up women, you know. Yeah, that is that's uh, true. He, he was a he, yeah. yeah. He got he was a, an abuser. He's a scumbag. Um, whereas, like, I guess what we were saying is like Sean Mullins would be like off, you know, picking up girls at a candlelight vigil. John Popper would be at home angry at his bass player because he was mistreat, you know, because he wasn't being attentive enough to his girlfriend who John Popper was secretly in love with. Yeah, that's a good... While, you know, devouring three Domino's pizzas and ten his, his, seven, <laughs> his number seven harmonica on his ammo strap. So, <laughs> Horde... Seven pizzas. Just, just so you know, yeah. Horde stood for Horizons of Rock Developing Everywhere. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> exactly. It means that they needed a they needed um, you Just, know to come up with words that, yeah. that, that justify the acronym horror. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, so wow. anyway, are these the, both um, nineteen ninety seven. These are pretty contemporary. Uh, uh, but anyways, contemporary. earlier. I mean, I know that well just because it was kind of because you were I there. Think, yeah, I was actually. <laughs> Sadly, <laughs> I was there, and um, that especially. But anyways, like one of their early. I think it's off their first album and. It was kind of like early '90s. I, I was probably eighth or ninth grade, you know, tenth grade, whatever. But um, and I, but I feel like Lullaby was college years for me, so like mid to late '90s, maybe. We should probably just look it up. It's not that hard. <laughs> um, yeah, 1998. Yeah, was Lullaby? Was Lullaby? Yeah, so that, that makes sense. Yeah, Blues like Traveler. I don't know if Blues Traveler songs were ever released or they just seeped into the air like toxic. Waste. <laughs> 1996, yeah. for, but anyway. So they straddled really? arguably Yeah, the they're closer than music. I thought. Yeah, okay. I, I just, in 1997 was my, was because that's so often, like, saddled with the with the label worst year in music ever. Um, is it? At least it is in my, yeah, in my era. Your era. Mm. It was, it's pretty bad. There's a lot of shit that year. Mm. Well, there was, there was horizons this, of rock developing way. everywhere. Yeah, and we have <laughs> we have the proto shit and we have the post shit here. So let's yeah, yeah. yeah I was gonna say, uh, so, but, but anyway, inspired it and and you know, lullaby copied it. Yeah, lullaby violated its corpse. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right, I uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and pick lullaby. I obviously have very strong feelings about this song. So. <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna go. But anyway, so good. Okay. I get to decide again. Um, or I, you know, I, I, uh, I totally am gonna go Sean Mullins here too. Though I, I hate but anyway, and I, uh, I find it, I find them very fun to make fun of. But, um, but yeah, the Sean Mullins song just it's it, like there's a difference between like really hating a song and a song making you like really angry. And Sean Mullins has done that. Thank you, Sean. Well, Jared, everything yeah, is going to be all right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who, uh, whose whose lawyers are currently drafting a letter to us right now, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> Assuming he's still alive. It's called a cease and desist. <laughs> he, um, not, only is he, not only is he still alive, Christian, I, in looking up what year Lullaby came out, I happened upon his 2019 tour dates. Oh, wow. Oh. So that should, maybe that's the winning prize I can't prize imagine that any of them are in... Like cities I've heard of, right? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I would think I would think every all roads lead to like Peoria. So just, yeah. The tour is Springfield, Springfield, Springfield. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's yes. Springfield, Illinois, Springfield, Ohio, Springfield, Ta- Michigan, Town Springfield, New York. <laughs> you know why that? I mean, you you do know why the Simpsons chose yes. that, right? Yep. Only yeah. only city, right? With in every fifty in every one of the fifty states. Fate. 
Correct. Yeah. I don't know if it's the only one, but it is. There is one in every state. Um, well, we got right. a final four. Look out, Simpsons. Sean Mullen's coming. Yeah. Look out, little Lisa. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So our final four here is uh, not what I expected, and yet I'm not displeased at all. It's One Week by the Bare Naked Ladies, Walking in Memphis by Mark Cohn, Cheeseburger in Paradise by Jimmy <laughs> Buffett, and Lullaby, Surprise Contender, Coming Up from the Rear by Sean Mullins. <laughs> Literally coming up from the rear. <laughs> It was a knockout rag. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Those are. I mean, that's a. That's a. Everybody's got a puncher's chance. I mean. Oh yeah. It could be. uh, All of these songs suck just enough to make it to the next round. (laughs) (laughs) But we said goodbye to some real steamers this uh, this round, and and I, you know, I. I don't know what can you say about a round where tears in heaven and uh, steamroller and. you know, but anyway, all went home. I mean, it's just it, the competition, as you know, to quote uh, Will Smith, shit just got real. <laughs> so, I mean, shit just got real. <laughs> <is what I'm laughs> so, well, on that, but anyway, on that note, um, thank you guys, and uh, let's, let's. Man, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to think long and hard about how, uh, how we, how we approach this next round. I'm going to have to hit the speed bag this week. <laughs> yes. All right. I'll catch you guys well, uh, next week and, uh, and tune in for the final four. Yeah, we crown the champ. Talk to you later. I'm Wyndham Lewis. On behalf of my brothers, Jeremy Sartori and Christian Lewis, thank you very much for listening to the Brother, Brother, Brother podcast. Many thanks also to our heroic producer, Damian Kendall, and to Simon Doom for our epic intro music. Learn more about the pod at brotherpod.com, follow us on Twitter and Facebook, and it's extremely helpful if you rate and review us on iTunes. Thanks again for listening.